Welcome to Level Up Academy, the podcast that's dedicated to the higher education community that brings you countless stories of employees, students, and faculty's journey in this remote world we live in. We are expanding our podcast to business leaders and community experts who are sharing their story and adversity that each one of us experienced to inspire and inform our world. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Hello, Level Up listeners. This is Dr. Leland. I have some tips for anybody out there who wants to be an entrepreneur. Our discussion today with our guest, Mark Joseph, aka Gramps Jeffrey, is going to be about entrepreneurs and also, as an entrepreneur himself, he'll provide some tips, but also how to train our children to be kind and how you can relate with your grandkids, your children, your small children, right? That's a conversation. We're bringing it all the way to our root, right? When you were little, what did you do with your parents? Now that you are a parent, what are you doing with your kids? We have those types of conversation and we're also integrating business in there, right? But first, let's go ahead and talk about my tips, the tips for becoming a successful entrepreneur. You need to develop a clear and compelling business idea. When you say, what do you mean, Dr. Leland, by that? Think about Amazon. They're trying to solve a problem. What kind of problem? A, they're trying to sell convenience, right? That's why Amazon is there. Also, you actually are comparing and contrasting all of the prices that you can get them cheaper, the fastest that you can get them here, right? It's called convenience. Think about Apple. What are they trying to solve? They're solving productivity and entertainment. They're selling you the hardware and now they're also selling you the software, right? Make sure that when you create a business, it is trying to solve a problem. Conduct a thorough market research so that you can understand the industry and the target customers that you're trying to do. Create a strong and efficient business plan. There's a lot of business plan available out there. Building a talented and dedicated team. Make sure that you have a team that's dedicated for your business. And then network and build relationships with other professionals in the field. Continuously learning and adapt to changes in the market is also one of the key tips that I would provide for you. Being willing to take calculated risks and provide excellent customer service and building a positive reputation. And then being persistent and not give up in the face of obstacles and of course failures, right? So that's one of some of the tips for being a successful entrepreneur. And you're probably saying, what do you mean by network? We're going to actually talk about that a little bit as well, which is how do you network? Networking is the process of building and maintaining professional relationships. Here are some ways to network effectively. First one is attend an industry events. This is a great way to meet people in your field and make connections, look for conferences, trade shows, networking events that are relevant to your industry. Also use social media platforms like LinkedIn. Those, that's a professional one. You can gr- see great tools for connecting with people in your industry, join groups, 
participate in discussions, right, to build professional network. And then finally, join professional organizations. Joining professional or association or group in your industry can provide opportunities so you can meet other professionals and expand your network. Reach out to people in your network, keep in touch, right, throughout, and be generous. Be willing to help others in your network when they, you need it, when they need it, especially those people that lost jobs. You could share their information, right? And be authentic. Be yourself. Be genuine in your interactions with other people because more likely they will remember that when they want to do business with someone who can they connect in the personal level. And then finally is follow up. After meeting someone new, be sure to follow up with them in a timely manner, whether it's email, phones, quick message, right? To keep the relationship going. So that is my tips for today. And here is our podcast with Gramps Jeffrey. Hello, Level Up listeners. This is your host, Dr. Leland. Today, I have Mark Joseph. Mark, introduce yourself to our guest. Hello, great. I appreciate you inviting me. My uh, most recent name is really Gramps Jeffrey because I just wrote a uh, children's book under my pen name, Gramps Jeffrey. But yes, I am Mark Joseph. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Like, kind of go back 20 years ago. My life has been in the business world mostly. You know, graduated from college, uh, got into retailing and wholesaling, worked for a couple of major chain stores. And then uh, about 20 years into my career, I said, you know, I'm, I'm really an entrepreneur. It happens that my parents and grandparents on both sides were entrepreneurs. And so I decided to go back to my roots. So I uh, moved out to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, and since then, I've started a couple companies. Uh, one of them I took public. Uh, it became the premier business-to-business site on the internet where we sell case quantity to small businesses all around the world. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, I've most recently started a third company called babyboomer.org. But uh, when my first book came out, which is uh, related to the internet and starting new companies is called The Secrets of Retailing, How to Be Walmart. And it's a step-by-step guide on what you gotta do to to really win in in retailing. Uh, What happens is because our customer base with the moms and pops, I was getting phone calls all the week long saying, how do I do this? So I wrote this book, it's a 15 chapter book. Each chapter is devoted to certain parts. Like for instance, it's a chapter on how do you hire people another chapter on where do you find your locations how do you find your products you know what do you how do you market online how do you market traditionally and the last chapter is the extra strategy of you know how do you get out of your business so that was my first book and then i kind of went into retirement and then COVID hit so you know living this past year because of the pandemic caused by COVID and isolation except for being able to be with my family, kind of gave me a special time to watch and interact with my grandkids. And I got to tell you what a trip that was because all six of these kids have completely different personalities. But the one thing they do have in common is a sense of curiosity. You know, and the excitement that they get when they do accomplish something. And watching them grow year to year and how they interact with each other really was the basis for my book, uh, I Don't Want to Turn Three. You know, what goes through a toddler's mind, the parents are so desperate to kind of understand. When does a toddler really understand the difference between me and us? 
You know, the book kind of explores how a family finds us out together. You know, as a baby boomer myself, trying to understand how the world has evolved, you know, since I was three years old, is also part of the story. You know, my, my parents did not have cell phones. You know, they didn't have the internet. They didn't have cable TV. They didn't have the road, remotes. You know, I was my dad's remote. His son go change the channel. You know, and I was <laughs> in remote. You know, my parents' definition of discipline is quite different than the parents of today. Has you know, today's world made for a better place for children to, to grow up in? Well, I'll let your listeners kind of uh, explore that as you kind of look at you know how we're raising our kids today, how then how were we treated when we were growing up. So that's been my latest adventure is my children's book, and then what led me to uh, uh, open up a, a site called BabyBoomer.org. I've got three other baby boomers who are partners, and we wanted to bring together one place where all the baby boomers could come and find the information that they need, you know, to keep on going. You know, when you think about it, the baby boomer generation, you know, and that's the generation that was born between 1946 and 1964. Yeah, that's 18 years. That's a couple of, you know, decades of people. You know, they're, you know, they're now anywhere between 57 and 75, maybe 76 now. But, uh, you know, we are one of the most diverse generations there has ever been. There's a, there, the, the ones before us have been uh, diverse, the ones behind us, but, you know, whether it's politically or religiously, you know, we are so diverse. But the one thing that baby boomers have in common is the shared experience. And one of the reasons we have this shared experience is, you know, when I was growing up, there were three television stations. We all had landlines. So the information all kind of came in, you know, from the same kind of sources versus how we get information today. So that's why we pulled the site together. You know, the, 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 the things that we have in common as baby boomers, I mean, we were there for the Kennedys associate assassinations, Martin Luther King. You know, we were there when they landed on the moon. Yeah, we were there when birth control became uh, really widespread. Vietnam happened, bad and good, and, uh, and you know we lost Fort Kent State. You know the riots in the street, yeah, but we got our music. I mean, we got Elvis and uh, Beach Boys and the Beatles and Three Dog Night and the Supremes. I mean, think about all the great music that we all have in common and we all can relate to. We got the movies. I mean, which Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Jaws, all pretty much all the Spielberg movies, mm -hmm. uh, Animal House, Star Wars, The Godfather. Mm -hmm. You know, these are all these shared experiences, baby boomers that we have uh, together. And so that's why we pulled together this site to have one place where we can all go. You know, it's, it's got everything from how to pick a ball to Alzheimer's disease. So everything is affecting our generation as we're looking to our parents' generation and then also our kids' generation too. Wow. Yeah, I love it. I actually, I love babyboomer.org because I told my dad too, he's on that. He's a baby boomer, so is my mom. And I'm like, hey, this is a good sign. My mom's like, I'm going to go check it out and see, you know, what's in there because it's very specific. And you're right. It is a very diverse group of people. I mean, there were so many exciting things that happened uh, in your generation, for sure. When you said about like the phone and the landline, I'm like, yeah, remember those rotary phones? Can you imagine trying to text number nine and zero all the way? <laughs> so, yeah, I told my kids and I, I showed it to them and my kids actually loves 
old everything, vintage everything. Even the music that they listen to is, you know, the 80s music actually. Hard, but they love the Beatles. They love the they love Elvis. Um, they don't like the current music today because it's not really worth listening to. Um, so that's what they love as well. So that's really amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, now that you actually you're showing me like you are a business entrepreneur. Can you tell me what is the difference doing business back then compared to today? Basically, the difference is, you know, we, we had spreadsheets and we had computers, but not like we have today. You know, we had communication, but not like we have today. Uh, so, you know, back, uh, you know, in the 70s and 80s, you could really control your message a little better uh, just because there wasn't social media. There wasn't other people criticizing. And so, you know, that's why all these great brands came out of the 70s and 80s, uh, because they, they really controlled their message. In today's world, everything that you do is is looked at from all kinds of different angles. Um, you know, and that's that's why it's so important for all of us and these young kids, you know, to go to school, to learn, learn all this great stuff. You know, I am convinced that this generation coming up today, the kids that are one to 10 years old today, are gonna to be the greatest generation that this country has ever produced. And the reason being is, you know, as soon as they come out of the womb, they're on the internet. They have iPhones. <laughs> they know, I mean, you talk to these two, three, four-year-olds, you know, they help you as, as a grandparent with how to use your electronics. You, know, you think about how, I mean, I didn't get on the internet till I was 40 years old. So this whole generation coming up, they're so much smarter than we are. They can uh, react much. So it's up to us as parents and grandparents to kind of balance out their whole experience, you know, to, 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 to get them to do things outside of the internet so that when they get older and then they grow up, that they can use their electronic experience with real world experience and do become the greatest generation we've ever had. Yeah. I, I could see that because I know my kids, I I try to keep up. I have to teach some stuff. And so I try to keep up with what's going on in economics and, you know, technology. But you're right. It is so amazing how technology is just revolutionizing what we cannot even imagine yet. So, yes, kids today, it's just amazing how, how it is. Now, as a business entrepreneur and also I think you mentioned also you still teach, right? You still substitute in a local school, right. what what have you seen that kids today would really need as a foundation? One of the things that we as parents and grandparents have got to do is make sure that as these little kids are growing up, two, three, four, five, six, seven, that reading becomes part of their life. You know, that their whole life doesn't resolve on what they see on the internet. We have got to make sure we get them back in the books. Why, why is that? Why, why do we need to get all these kids started when they're two, three, four years old reading books with us and then obviously without us? But, you know, there's all kinds of benefits to reading the books to children. One of the benefits, it's a, it's a great bonding experience. You think about it, you get a kid that's three or four years old, they're sitting on your lap, and you get 20 minutes with a book with them. So it gives you a chance to really spend some nice time together. So I encourage all your listeners that uh, you know, if they've got little kids, get those books out, make sure they're reading them. I mean, reading books supports listening skills. 
Now, you and I both know that listening skills are the best skill that we have developed. I mean, you as a professor and as a podcaster, you have to listen so that you can give great feedback. I have to listen so that I can give great product. So, you know, we know that listening skills are the best skills that you can get. And this sitting down, reading with your child, you know, requires them to listen. So you can build this skill at an early age to make sure that when they're our age, it's just a natural thing. You know, reading with your kids helps with the cognitive and language development. You know, you know, each uh, books helps them expand the words and so forth. I mean, there's plenty of these words in these books that kids don't understand. It gives you a chance to explain them. There's plenty of words in these books I don't understand. I got to go look up. But, but you know, it gives you a chance to really start the whole process of language development. And, you know, another thing is it, it creates attention span. When you're a three-year-old, you're bouncing off the wall all day long. You know, you get them into your lap. If you keep concentration, self-discipline, you know, so that's one thing very easily that every parent and grandparent can do today to, to help help with their kids, to help balance all this great stuff they're learning through electronic uh, uh, communication. Yeah, we have a lot of those. It's like right now, actually, you don't even have to use your finger. You just ask Siri, right, or Alexa, and they do everything for you. <laughs> sometimes they don't understand what you're saying, but sometimes... They do. So it's like, what's the weather today? What is the news today? I mean, we really taking the word convenience to the next level when it comes to this technology. It's crazy how that just changed within, you know, a decade. So much has changed. What traits and skills do you feel are the most important to any entrepreneurs today? Well, again, learning, going back to when you're a child is where you start to learn these things. So one of the things that is necessary for us as adults, because these kids will become the adults tomorrow, is we need to teach children how to think, not what to think. They're going to they're gonna learn what to think uh, as, as they grow older. We need to give them the processes of teaching them how to think. Uh, and, and, and so how do you do that? You know, there's very simple ways to do it. Again, going back to reading a book with them, if you decide to do that, you know, before you even read the book, you, you need to say to your child, what do you think is going to happen in this book? You know, first of all, everybody's got 20 books laying around the house. Let the kid pick out the book. You know, and so he's sitting on your lap. What do you think is going to happen in this book? Again, starting to get them to think about what they're going to do. You know, you ask them, who are the characters in this book? Where is the setting? Is it one that you're familiar with or one that you're not? Does anything in this book sound familiar to you? Have you experienced it? You know, and then at the end, much like you should be doing every night at dinner time, and you're asking, what was your favorite part of this book? Why was it your favorite part of the book? So again, asking questions early on in your life will help develop people to become the entrepreneurs who ask questions later in life. I love that curiosity, right? It's just like, you're right. You can't tell them how to think, but how to think for themselves logically. Because right now, I, I always tell my kids, they come home and they complain about so-and-so did so-and-so because I saw it on TikTok. I'm like, do you think TikTok is 100% credible? 
like you literally just believe right even the news is not 100% credible it's someone's biased opinion you have to be able to go beyond that and really think is this even matter to me or does it even matter to anyone or is this just for entertainment what I really also see is like they have an opinion they offend you in some of their opinion and they look at you and they're like okay mom is offended mom it was a joke why is everything in this generation a joke what do you what are your opinions on that think about again we need to be teaching our children young how to think positive uh, i have a question that i want everyone in your audience to ask their children tomorrow okay it doesn't matter the age the younger they are the better it is uh, and I, I want I want I want your audience to ask this question every single day, you know, for a while. And that question is to your child: What did you do today that was nice to someone else? Now think about that. The first time that you ask that question to a three or four year old, you know, they 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 took their cousin's toys. They 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 uh, they hit their uh, little brother. I mean, there's all kinds of things that they did bad. And so, but ask them, what did you do today that was nice to someone else? Usually the first time they don't have any that, they didn't do anything. But if you ask them that every single day, and all of a sudden you're going to see them opening up the door for someone else, walking an old lady across the street. You know, there's, there's, we need to do that. But can you imagine how this world would be different than if everybody in America said to each other, what did you do today that was nice to someone else? I really love that. There's so many possibilities because actually you're you're actually knocking on the subconscious level of somebody, right? You're like basically saying, if you didn't do anything nice today, maybe you should. So when I ask you tomorrow, there's something that you have to say. It's that subconscious that's talking to you. I actually, every day I ask my kids, what did you do to, you know, at school today? What's happening today? Every day, I, I ask that every day at school. And I think since they were kinder, so by the time they're like second grade, they literally just tell me what happened to the day. Like they just do. And when their dad <laughs> picks them up, they're so quiet because he doesn't ask that same question. But then when I'm around, they're like, yeah, mom, so-and-so. So I love that question. I'm actually going to talk about that. I'm definitely giving you a credit for that because that is actually, it's subconsciously, you're, it seems like you're always like forced to do something nice and be intentional to be nice because you know your mom's going to ask you or your dad's going to ask you, what did you do something nice to, you know, to anybody today? I'm going to do that tomorrow when I pick up my kids. I'm going <laughs> to see what they say and I'll text you on LinkedIn. I'm like, hey, Mark, it worked. <laughs> wow i really love that that is so cool now i have a another question what about your career that inspires you the passion i have for my career is when i see other people succeed you know the, the entrepreneurs are a crazy bunch uh you know historically in America, ever since George Washington's day, 10% of the population have been entrepreneurs. I mean, it's the same number today as it was 100 years ago, as it was 200 years ago. You know, because entrepreneurs, you know, you're really, really taking a chance. 
um, when you think about it, what causes businesses to fail? Because 50% of all businesses fail in the first five years. I mean, that means that you're looking around the room, the guy next to you is going to fail and you're, you may or may not, you know, and what causes those failures? Well, you know, that you get 20% you know, the, uh, the failures are coming from, um, you know, that you've got poor teamwork and communication. So in other words, entrepreneurs feel that they know it all. And so it's very difficult for them to hire people that are smarter than they are in the room. Uh, but that's something you have to do because, you know, close to 20, 23% is what the real number is, um, fail because entrepreneurs don't hire the right people because they're intimidated they're going to be smarter than them. Now, uh, take me for a case, you know, I, I love merchandising and marketing, but I can't stand accounting. You stick me in the room for uh, eight hours with a spreadsheet, I will go absolute nuts. So I have to admit that, you know, an entrepreneur, you've got to say, I, I, that's my weakness. And I've got to find somebody who loves accounting. Yeah, and so so that's that's one of the things, you know, that, that I want anybody who's an entrepreneur to think about it. Try to hire people that are smarter than you are. In, in areas that you don't understand, you know, uh, if you don't understand the internet and the electronics and hire somebody who loves that, because there's plenty of people today that were 20 years ago, but there are plenty today uh, to do that. You know, so that's one reason why, uh, why entrepreneurs fail. 29% of entrepreneurs fail because they don't have enough cash to sustain their business. So if you're, if you're an entrepreneur and you, know, you, you wanna make sure you have a business, make sure you have enough cash as if you would have six months with no sales. So you've gotta be able to cover all those expenses uh, because otherwise you're gonna run out of the money and you're gonna go under. But the main reason, you know, 42% of the reason that uh, the, the, the businesses fail is because entrepreneurs think they may have the greatest product or service of sliced bread, but they didn't test it. When they uh, actually offer it, nobody wants it or not enough people want it. And that's what causes it. So if you take a look at those three factors, that's why entrepreneurs fail. Again, 50% fail in the first five years. So, you know, step back and you know, look at those kinds of things before you decide to become an entrepreneur and open a business. Wow. Okay. I'm putting you on my mentorship program. <laughs> that's for sure. Voluntold. Let's go. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much. And I agree. It's funny when you say those things because you have done it in the past and I'm teaching my students this and they're just looking at me like dear lights. Like, what do you mean by fail? I'm like, yeah, there is a possibility that you could fail, you know, and you're excited about your business, but there's so many moving parts on business, especially today with the IRS laws in California. I refuse to hire anyone. It's just way too complicated who lives in California. I'm like, I'll 1099 you if you're outside of California. Otherwise, I'm not doing a W-2. It's just not happening. I'm not ready for that drama with, with the state of California. It's just a lot. Like, you know, the more you learn, I mean, like, who actually in their crazy mind want to have a, a, a business in California? It's just so complicated, right? But like you said, you get to hire people who are smarter than you, who knows what they're doing, who are an expert on accounting or human resources, right? For payroll, because it's not me, that's for sure. I can hire people, but running a payroll, no, it's not happening. <laughs> that's not something I do for sure. 
what do you think leaders or business leaders can do to promote success in their teams? Like, let's say now you're an entrepreneur, you hire people, and now what? Yeah, one of the things that entrepreneurs do, selfish, they're very selfish. Entrepreneurs are very selfish when it comes down to it. Uh, and again, because they're creating an idea, they think it's the best thing, and uh, you know, they take credit for it. You've got to be able to give credit where credit is due. Most businesses, it's not the top guy that comes up with the best idea. It's usually somebody who is passionate about it and is working and is really talking to customers. I mean, that's the way you come up with the best ideas is making sure that you're in touch and talking and always with your customers because they can really uh, make a difference on how you run your business. They can test things for you that, that you may think will work, but uh, it doesn't. It just doesn't work. So, you know, the, the smartest thing you can do is make sure you give credit to where credit's due. Step back uh, and, and let someone else take the credit. You're going to get the credit in the end. So let, let the right person get that credit. Yeah, I like that. APA to its core. <laughs> credit and where credit is due. I have my last question. So I belong to NSLS. It's like National Leadership. And um, Obama, President George Bush, they're part of that. It's like the largest accredited, um, I guess, group in, in America that they claim that they have 1.5 million members. And I watched an interview by His Holiness the Dalai Lama. And he said, change begins within you. Use compassion to change your world and ultimately our world. So my question is, how do you hope to change the world? Well, let's go back to the question that I want every one of your listeners to ask. What did you do today that was nice to someone else? That's how you can influence the world. You know, that's how you can influence the people you're working with. You know, that's how you can influence your friends, your children. Even, you know, I would even ask your parents. <laughs> What did you do? You know, you were tough on me all my life. What did you do that was nice to someone else today? You know, so I, I think if we all take that attitude that uh, we're in this thing together, you know, we're all human beings. You know, we all have emotions, but, but let's let's work on trying to get together because you know this country's been just so divisive over the last the five years. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got to we got to get back together. I agree. I agree. At the end of the day, we're all North Americans. Like literally, let's work at it instead of divided. And so I appreciate you and I appreciate your time. And I am going to ask my children tomorrow a different question. Usually I'm like, so what happened today at school? I'm going to ask them a different question. Let's see if they're going to pause for a minute. Like, mom, are you okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's going to be funny. Thank you so much. Do you have any last minute that you would love my listeners to get a takeaway or check out babyboomer.org. I like the word you just used, love, because when you love, you will teach others how to love. So make sure you're doing that. When you love, you will teach others how to love. And then I, I want everybody to love babyboomer.org. So come over to the site. That's right. I love that site, by the way. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you have any questions, email me at lua at leveluppbydocleland.com. Lua, L-U-A-B-Y-D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D.com. It's open for consultations and courses will be offered soon. I will see you in my next episode. Stay connected, informed, and inspired. Until next time. 